0: We're attempting to wrap up this 13-week study on Baptist history. You say 13-week man? It seems like a lot. It has been a lot longer, but originally <laughs> it was going two
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Originally it was going to be 13 weeks, and um, so Mark's got a little bit he's going to present here. But then after that, I want you uh, to be prepared. What has um, how has God challenged you or what has he um, enlightened you on in regard throughout this study that um, has been a challenge to you? Or um, if you have any questions, too, that that we've uh, created or left unanswered, um, we can't promise to answer them, but we can listen to them at any rate. And, um, Guarantee
1: so, more questions than answers.
0: Right right because as mark said
1: there is no limit to what we don't know and that's true that is extremely true i want to thank everybody for the opportunity to do this i've wanted to teach a class on baptist history for a long time and this has been this has been a lot of fun for me i have learned
0: i'm sure learned we learned a benefit lot. the most oh, always yes.
1: in teaching and uh, it's really been it's really been and it's, it's been fun, but it's also come across some humorous things that's been fun, too. And, and uh, I like humor. It's a good thing. That's Grady good. Nutt, the great Baptist preacher slash comedian. You guys remember Grady Nutt? Anybody remember him? He was the Baptist preacher on Hee Haw. Remember <laughs> that? Seriously. He said, hey, who re-? no, nobody remembers Hee Haw. I, okay, okay. Do you remember remember the Baptist preacher, Grady Knight? He uh, died in a plane crash a long time ago. But he said, he said, humor is God's hand on the shoulder of a hurting world. And, and there's been a lot of humor in Christian and church. Anyway, speaking of humor, <laughs> of, no, this is not a joke. But to put up the slide about the um, Baptist group's uh we we can't get along with anybody um and so we have a tendency to you know i don't know it, it it reminds me a lot of my mom's side of the family <laughs> we uh, sure I brought it along this time and <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> I just wanted to show you this list of and this is a, not even a complete list of different Baptist uh groups and conventions, not counting the uh huge number of of independent Baptist churches that there are. And um, it, Baptists are, are funny how how uh I mean I don't think there's anybody like Baptists as far as as you meet a, meet somebody and say, Yeah, you know, are are you a Christian? Yeah, are are you uh, are you um an evangelical yeah are you a are you a Baptist yeah are you and you go down the line and you get down to everything are you like you know are you a, are you an independent Baptist yeah are you a fundamentalist yeah are you that, that are you King James only no are you heretic you know burn in hell and uh, and this is just I mean this is a list just every one of those little underscores gives you a new list of some of the different Baptist uh, denomination or groups or associations, conventions that we have out there, and some of them are real small, but uh, most of them have, you know, hundreds of churches involved with them, and and, uh, and like I say, that doesn't even count the many, many independent Baptist churches here in Sheraton. There are two independent Baptist churches, and um, it's... It, it, to me, to me, I just found this really fascinating to just look at this. And, and some of them, I mean, for instance, landmark Baptists. Um, landmark Baptists, correct me if I'm wrong on this, are ones who believe that you have to be baptized by somebody who was baptized, who was uh, baptized by somebody who was baptized, who was baptized by all the way back. It's got to be one of the apostles. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Or one of the disciples. See, that... That's the only legitimate baptisms, is if it's a direct line. Which, which uh, I read about that, and I said, hmm. So I called the wife of the pastor who um, baptized me, and the pastor was dead. And um, he and I said, who baptized him? I have no idea. Okay, so uh, you know, just my my line cut off at right there, uh, <laughs> at me. I, And Brother John was old, but I don't think he was old enough to be one of the disciples. (laughs) And uh, he probably knew him, but I don't think he was one of them. Uh, Daniel Marshall were like this. Uh, Is that right? Okay. Did they use the word uh, landmark in in there? Okay. I, I don't know how current. Go ahead throw in anything you want here. Because go we're going to be out of time. We're going to be down of material. And, no. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it. Now you, no. Next one. The, o- the only <laughs> thought is
0: this isn't anything unusual because you go back to the um, Bible times and there were, as we've seen throughout, all these different groups, often called by different names, that believed the, the same thing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. But... The next biggest group, when you look these things up, is the Lutherans have 22 different Lutheran groups, okay? The Lutherans are, like, second. And then, like, the Presbyterians have, like, four. And, we, you know, we have... And that. I think some <laughs> of that goes back to one of the distinctives,
0: the autonomy of the local mm-hmm. church. And the responsibility that every local church has for their beliefs.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting it's interesting it's not, nece- it's interesting. It's yep. not necessarily bad no nope. it's not it's not necessarily good it's it's like i probably told this before but when thomas edison the great inventor of you know the probably the greatest mind in american history there at menlo park his, his uh one night his his factory is his pla his, his invention place caught on fires six stories tall packed with notes packed with patents packed with designs packed with inventions and it was burning like crazy it was just coming down and he rushed out of the building he often slept at at, at the office um, and his assistant came up to him and here's his whole life was going up in in flames and he said to his assistant rush home and get my family get my wife and children and his assistant went well, boy you know i've never seen him need to be comforted before He's, And he said, "Okay, I will. You know, you really need the comforting." He said, "Oh no, they're just never ever going to see a fire this big ever again." (laughs) And uh, um, and uh, it's that's kind of the Baptist way of looking at things. If we're going to, you know, let's not do four or even twenty breakups. Let's let's make a mess (laughs) of this, okay? (laughs) The Southern Baptist uh, organized in 1845. We talked about this last time, Um, but. But today, 16 million members, um, 42,000 churches in the United States, um, and uh, 5,000 home missionaries here, in Canada, Caribbean, um, any American possession, and then uh, 5,000 missionaries, foreign missionaries out there. By far, the biggest mission agency uh, in the world, um, with, um, and and they do things. <coughs> And maybe you want to comment on this because we've argued about this. They have the um, cooperative program, where they at, at Easter they give an offering called the Annie Armstrong offering, named after uh, a uh, early home missionary, and uh, in the winter at Christmas they give the uh, Lottie Moon offering, um, and that they pay for all of their missionaries that way, <clears throat> and they pay for um, they also support their seminaries that way. But their missionaries <coughs> do not go out on deputation. Um, they, they have a they have a real rigorous you wanna be a missionary, okay. You gotta apply, you gotta go through the interviews, you gotta you have to have go to seminary, uh, regardless of what your what your field is. I mean maybe you're gonna be a farmer maybe you're gonna be a agricultural specialist who goes out and 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 works but you still gotta go to seminary and uh, they're very, um, they're they're very strict on who they let go, but once they, once you're approved, you go. You don't have to do any of the deputation type thing. Consequently, you don't have the local. You know, Sergio Duarte is one of ours. You know, and and, and so on, but uh, but boy, you, we don't we don't make um, we we make our missionaries. Uh, you know, go through these hoops of, of you know, spending five years out begging people for money. And we've, that's the way I look at it. I know you don't look at it that way.
0: Well, I, I see that it's when you go to the Bible, the church said, let's send out this missionary. And they had a personal relationship with this. And it wasn't a denomination that says, this person's qualified for the ministry. Um, it was the local church. And so there was a definite connection. I see another major problem in this is there's um, some good churches and good people giving money to support things that they don't even agree with. And and you don't know where your money's going, what it's supporting, and um, so... I think the the need for personal accountability is is vital. I think there's certainly uh, things that we need to look at in independent circles how to improve it um, and we've we've taken steps to that locally. We try to take on missionaries at a larger amount of support. Um, you know there's a lot of churches. Um, Baptist Bible Fellowship, Southern Baptists. They'll say we have a, we support a hundred missionaries. Oh, really? Yeah, five bucks a month, or I mean, twenty bucks a month. Well, that hardly pays for the postage to send them the check. But um, in our missions, we try to support them two hundred up to six hundred dollars a month and develop a personal relationship
1: with them. But that's a whole other topic. Uh, you know that that. But while we're on it, the missions thing is huge, not necessarily how you support them. But um, Sam just went to work this week at um, Mill Pond Nursing Care Center in Ankeny, which is this huge care center. It's got all different levels, and, and it's run by the Presbyterians. And his boss, uh, first day called him in and said, hey, I understand you're going to Faith Baptist Bible College and he said yes. And he said that's just great. You know, we we need more Christians uh, here. You know, and people who can pray with the with the uh, uh, with our clients, with our with our residents, and people who know the Bible. He said. And I, he said, in fact, I have a, a theology degree. Um, he said, and in, in fact, I agree with the Baptists right down the line, uh, with the exception of missions. He says I'm a hyper Calvinist, and 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 when Sam told me that, I said, missions is what being a Baptist is. I mean, that is a a lot more than just about anything else. Missions is what defines being a Baptist. I mean, there should be an M in the word Baptist. I mean, we should be Baptist or something. uh, Because it's it's human.
0: And that's one of the things that has come out through this study is the motivation to carry the gospel to to everyone.
1: Uh, Josh, next one, please. The, uh, this is some of the big names yep. that you may or may not have heard of in uh, Southern Baptist. Lottie Moon, J.B. Tidwell, E.Y. Mullins, and Albert Moeller. I've mentioned Albert Moeller to you a lot. He's the guy down here at the bottom. Uh, Lottie Moon. A lot of people ask me, you know, hey, I've heard of Lottie Moon because Lottie Moon offering. Who was Lottie Moon? Lottie Moon was a was a young woman back, you know, I knew when I wrote this down uh, what, what year it was but she was going to go she wanted to be a missionary to japan and um she uh, and like was so common in those days men and women who wanted to be missionaries realized that it was a lot more practical to be married so rather than go out and finding somebody to marry and then try and talk them into being a missionary they went out and found a missionary to marry and um and anyway so her fiance uh, Went on to Japan, and while he was in Japan, um, became quite liberal in his in his uh, thinking, and left the Baptists. Um, and Lottie, who was on her way there to marry him, you know, got somehow got the message and got there. Said, "Okay, well, we're not getting married." And she went on to China and lived the rest of her life as a single lady in China, being a missionary in China, and kind of a, somebody who you know said, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to get married to somebody, I'm not going to be unequally yoked, and uh, and moved on. So, I thought it was an interesting mm-hmm. story. The next one, um, we got just a couple on here. Go to the next one, Josh. B.H. Uh, Carroll was uh, the first president of Southwestern Seminary down in Dallas, which is the biggest seminary in the world today. And if you just take a look at these two quotes that I thought were fantastic, and and you might want to comment on them, uh, this would have been back before the First World War, and talking about modernism. Today we live in postmodernism, but these modern devotees of higher criticism must wait each week for the mail from Germany to know what to believe or to preach, and to find uh, how much, if any, of their Bible remains. Uh, he was. Pretty critical of the modernists. And the other one I just love the modern cry, less creed and more liberty, is a degeneration from the vertebrate to the jellyfish and means less unity and less morality and it means more heresy. Uh, it is a positive and very hurtful sin to magnify liberty at the expense of doctrine. And this is what we are seeing. Yeah, we live in a postmodern world, but we. But there still is a big chunk of Christians. And where are they moving to? They're moving to the non denominational community church.
0: Less creed, more liberty.
1: Less creed, more liberty.
0: There's nothing new under the sun. And um, the same battles, less. Yeah. Didn't he write *The Trail of Blood* too? No, that was C.H.
1: Uh, Carroll um, uh, or C L Carroll. Okay. It was, and I don't know if they were related. I okay. tried to find that. Yeah, I mean this guy, this guy is genius. Uh, next one then, uh, George W. Truitt uh, became pastor while he was a student at Baylor there at East Waco, and then went on to be the pastor at First, ba- First Baptist of Dallas, which is a huge. Uh, Church but not just huge in numbers but this is first Baptist is one of the most fundamental churches in the in the Southern Baptist Convention and and always has been and a lot because of him Uh, 47 years he was the he was the primary pastor um, until the day he died he died as the pastor there Um, and the thing I found interesting he had so much influence that uh, Woodrow Wilson, a, a Presbyterian, who, by the way, whose daughter uh, was the one who brought the Baha'i cult to the United States, um, uh, named, named uh, Truett as uh, the national chaplain to all uh, military forces uh, in World War One, all U.S. forces in World War One, And, you know, was a real official, not just... You know, we talk about somebody being America's pastor. No, I mean, he really was appointed. You are America's pastor. Um, Northern Baptist Convention. Jump in with any of these you want. Um, organized in uh, 1907. Um, and they became, go ahead to the next one, they became the American Baptist Churches, which were re, the American Baptist Convention, which is today the American Baptist Churches USA, and they did that so that they wouldn't be thought of just as regional the way the Southern Baptists tend to be thought of as regional. Um, hundreds of of uh, American Baptist missionaries, I believe, didn't Gary, didn't Gary Bennett originally, originally go to Japan yep. as an American yep. Baptist? Um, um, and left that because of, as your
0: last point there, it's one of the most liberal conventions
1: In Baptist circles today. In fact, now we're not talking liberal like the northern Presbyterians, but we are talking more liberal than a lot of other Protestant denominations. The southern Presbyterians would be much more conservative than uh, D. James Kennedy, and people like that are way more conservative than the American Baptists. American Baptists embrace... uh, um, um, female pastors, um, the American Baptists have debated um, homosexuality with the clergy and stuff. They, de- they haven't done anything with it, but they've debated it.
0: And that was a key point, my understanding, why First Baptists here in town left the American
1: Baptists. Did, did the American Baptists actually approve gay? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know that they're they're definitely moving that way. Next one is the uh, GARBC. Uh, started in 1932. Uh, uh, Robert Ketchum uh, pulled out of the uh, Northern Baptist Convention. Um, today there's uh, more than 100 garb churches in Iowa alone and about 1,300 in the country. Um, you, I don't know if you agree with this state. This church used to be GARBC. And, and if If I I think the character of this church, if we were going to affiliate, if we were going to be affiliated, J.R.B. would see, would probably be the closest to what where we stand on things. I mean, when we talk about this, I personally would be Southern Baptist. Okay, that'd be more where I am. The um, it depends
0: where it depends where you are in the nation, too.
1: Yes, I've heard. I mean,
0: you go to the. The GRBs in the state of Washington are way different than they are here in Iowa. and um, is that In what way? They're much more liberal. Okay. So there is, but there's still... The every local church has its own... And so when you get... And that's one of the problems with associations. Then you get together with the national thing, and then there's the battle over going this way or this way or this way, and personally, I've got enough to battle with without going to a national convention and battling people over stuff that they're going to go home and do what they want anyway, so, yes. My problem is I don't belong anywhere. And uh, some of you said, boy, howdy with that. But this is my take, good, bad, or otherwise. When I get to heaven, I'll find out. You know what? God put me here, and this is the row I'm to hold. And you know what? It's not I don't care about anybody else. But I've seen way too many pastors more concerned about their national convention and this and that. And, and um, you know, right here, take heed to the flock which God has given you the oversight. And that's that's it. And I've learned, um, you know, a lot of these people are not our enemies. And you don't hear me
1: bashing them. I mean... And I, I really appreciate that, that... that. Because I have been in some churches where, where the pastor bashes other Christian groups or specific individuals, which there's not a place for. I want we as people to be
0: able to take whatever's good and, you know, it's just like eating chicken. You find the meat and throw away the bones, all right? That might be a bad analogy. But, um, you know, you can read stuff. And it may not be from the same perspective, but to, to be exercised, he says in Hebrews, to discern what is good and what is evil. And that's our personal responsibility. And that's what the job of the church is for the edifying of the saints
1: to that end. And since, since Pastor and I have been meeting, I have moved quite a ways towards that direction, and he, well, he hasn't moved at all, but the, uh, 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 try as I might, Uh, see, see, I, I, I'm of the philosophy that you, that you think globally and act locally, and that, that just because, just because you're part of something doesn't mean that you, that you should, no matter what, it's the old idea of all politics is local, and the same all Christianity is local I mean um, we can have we can have the best church we have the best church right here in Sheraton, and that doesn't mean you're saved That's you know, right. it's still an and the same is true of you know you could be part of the southern baptist convention the you could be part of the the GRBC, whatever and you know you still got to take care of the local church and if but my feeling is that you hoe one row and you're not feeding the world. But if you don't do a good job of hoeing that one row, you're not feeding your own family. So it's it. We we have so much fun fighting about things. It's uh, the battling. He calls about. it
0: fighting, but I know he'll come around. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you? Yeah.
1: Are you done here? Almost. Real quick. Uh, Conservative Baptists are almost as big, uh, 1,200 churches, and they're farther west. These things tend to be, uh, you said Washington. GRBC tends to be Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. These guys tend to be out west. Those of you who spend any time in Colorado, you've probably come across the Conservative Baptists. joy how they are connected:
0: You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Truth is truth, and as you identify with truth, that, is, that has to be the common ground. And uh, I hope throughout all this that that's one thing that, that you've gotten.
1: Yeah, well, the last one I got up there is, is uh, Baptist Bible Fellowship, which is just another one um, more you know, a, a good conservative one. And that morphed into the next slide, which is the uh, Baptist uh, World Baptist Fellowship. Um, and they're real, they're real fundamentalists too. But anyway, th- that's the whole thing. Uh, I was thinking of, you know, you saying about that, what, wasn't it, all these things popping in my mind, I gotta remember which one was, was, which was, was it Spurgeon, who, uh, his mother said, said, I prayed for you to be, to become a Christian, and yeah, you be, right. and, and he made you a Baptist, <laughs> and, uh. I think it was, and, and he said, "Well, you know, but I never prayed for you to be a Baptist." And and he said, "Well, God answers prayers more, abund- more abundantly, more abundantly than what, yeah. <laughs> than what uh, we than ask." What, yeah, and yep. uh, and
0: so what has what has um, challenged you throughout this? Anything that stood out or challenged you, or any questions? Okay. All right. All right. You know, it it you you always are benefited by learning from history, and it is important that we grow up saying I don't like history, but um, it's important. Randy. Okay. So your question is, how does, how does all that fit? Um, the, the colonies, without going into a long, were given charters that allowed them to, to have their own governance and, and they were just under England's protection. Well, they started then being, they weren't supposed to be taxed. They started being taxed and the taxation without representation, they made appeals and said, wait a minute, this wasn't according to the charter um, that this was supposed to be done. They made appeals to the government being under it, finally to the point that the king said, just write them off. Consider them as as, um, a separate nation. And that's what eventually led. There were the appeals made Um, It wasn't just an insurrection. We don't like them and we're moving away and we're going to fight against them. There were appeals made and then kind of left to their own and they were forced into this to a certain degree. So we call it the American Revolution and, um, and there is that element, but it wasn't like they didn't try to bring peace through,
1: through appeals that were made. I'm not real wild about uh, taxation with representation either, though. No. did Exactly. <laughs> you know, well, since from day one, uh, what God has really laid on my heart for this study was uh, just His sovereignty. Men and women who have taken you know the gospel with them wherever they went. And that's you know just God's sovereignty and the fact that He is in control
0: of, of everything. And that's you know, that's really encouraging, especially today when we see things going not necessarily the way we want. Hey, God's still in control and and He's at work. Marvin.
1: Well, while it seems like we've been teaching this class forever, um, it's there. There have been gaps. And, you know, and you say, well, so, you know, Billy Graham was the last one, and and before him maybe Billy Sunday, um, but a gap of a couple of decades is really nothing, as far as a, a, a huge leader coming up, and. Um, I don't. I, I think I would argue that, first of all, that that we haven't had much of a gap um, from some of the really great leaders, you know, like you say, Billy Graham, but but Truitt and and uh, and others. But but you could also argue that there are that there are some really that there are some that are out there that I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, I'm think uh, Of course, I always think of Albert Moeller. But um, who's the guy whose books you always have? Um, Tozer, Piper, Piper. Okay, and I don't always agree with Piper. In fact, I disagree with. But but a leader, but he's out there. Uh, uh, D. James Kennedy. Um, John I mean, MacArthur. There, there, there I are mean, s- there are some big names out there.
0: I think some of it too is in days gone by. Um, well, I'll just say today we have access to everything, so we can you know you can listen to whoever you want via the internet, so for one beacon to be shining brighter than everyone else um, that that day may be gone, and yet i think I think the thing is um. One of the things that stood out to me, I was going to mention this near the end, but that God used some some names, but more importantly, God used common people. And it's the little group here and the little group here and this person here that remain faithful to God that has enabled the gospel to be here today. it It isn't the big names. I mean, in all of history that we've looked at, there haven't been that many what you would call big names. But there's always been local churches. And God said, I, and that's the focus, will build my church. And, uh, you know, we are prone to want to follow a man. And um, oftentimes... A big leader raises up and they're gone and people think, what are we going to do? God's never changed. He's still there. And I think that's one of the things that stood out to me. Jerry, you had your hand up. Well,
1: two comments. Uh, I just received my dad's people there. and you can have a lot of great fellowship with people around
0: our country. And you know, that's the point of identity that the bible is our only rule for authority and practice and and so on and that's one of the that's one of the dangers you go to a community church what do you have it could be a former latter day saints church it could be hyper pentecostal it could be about anything but there is a did jeff did you have I I think the the main thing is just individually letting our light shine individually you know the 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 work of evangelism it I think sometimes we've made it to be the work of the corporate church the purpose of a church is for the edifying of the saints so that we as believers can go out and win them and Having a genuine compassion for the lost and developing relations and and sharing Christ with them, and you know I think sometimes we get the idea, man, things are bad. I tell you, I'm sure glad I'm living now and not in First Peter's day. You know what I'm saying? Things are bad, but they're not. We're able to meet like this today. But I think the main thing is that. Every one of us take personal responsibility in our neighborhood, in the reaches of who we know of my, I need to carry the gospel. And I think Satan has us. we're wrestling our problems all the time, you know what I mean? So that we're not, we're not even concerned about the lost. Well, I think it, and it, it's all going to go back to beginning, and identifying what is truth. Is truth identifiable? That goes back to creation. Um, after Labor Day, the plan is that um, in the Sunday school hour, to help equip us to that, we're going to be showing a, a 12-week video series entitled "The Truth Project," which really we've taken the teenagers through it and um and it really helps us identify what are they thinking here the world and it, you can't it's not just going up to people and saying if you died today do you know for sure where you'd go you know it's things have changed truth hasn't changed but There's a lot of different roadblocks here. And we're going to try to equip through this. And, you know, there's many people that don't even believe you can know the truth.
1: So it is going even back to that. You know, uh, just thinking about what you're saying. We have to, I completely agree with you about personal evangelism. But corporately and individually, we have to know where our society is and where our culture is and where the people are that we're dealing with. And one of the things, and now we're getting to denominational thing as a negative, but like the people who, ten, who write Sunday school material, people who, who write for Christian magazines, people who are, you know, and no offense, pastors. Who do pastors hang out with all day? They hang out with, Christians. I mean, the people who come into the building are usually already Christians. And they don't don't see what a lot of the lay people see are the changes in society. We we were talking about, why aren't so many churches dropping the name Baptist? And boy, Baptist is important. You know, it's an important name. When I grew up, my dad drilled into me, you're a Felderman. You know, you got to behave yourself because the way you behave reflects on the whole family. And I had uncles who, if I was out of line, might, you know, hey, you're a Felderman, Now knock that off, right? And we all did. I mean, er, every one of us had that situation. Today, kids, their, their name, last name might be this, but they haven't seen that guy for five years. Share with just you I, mentioned five I, out of out of the. This semester, right now, I have five kids who, when I take role, I go, hey, uh, I'm not going to okay. mention specific names. Johnny Jones. Johnny Jones. Johnny here? Johnny's over there. Well, Johnny, say here. I go by Smith. Well, what? Because I don't want to be a Jones. Hey, I've got five kids who refuse to use their legal name because they despise... Their legal name, and and so as we get into this type of generation, and a lot more who who their name means nothing to them, their name means nothing to. Them. You has to do with the family. Absolutely, but, well, there, he, he, there's no how do you, how do you explain to a kid about their heavenly father when they despise their father or don't know their father or have their father a stepfather. And a former stepfather, and yeah, or they're living with grandma and grandpa. And see, this is where
0: the whole battle for the marriage is foundational to Christianity. Mark was sharing with me that wasn't
1: the part you wanted me to share. I
0: no, that too, okay. but <laughs> this led into the other about functional
1: and dysfunctional. Oh, yeah, um, in my, my so class, real quick. The, the definition of function is something with a purpose for good. I mean, that's a function. A dysfunction is something with a purpose for bad. So I had a test on Friday, and I asked for, for a short answer essay. named three and describe three dysfunctions. And every student, except for two who didn't answer the question at all, um, uh, put divorce as one of the three. Most of them had it as number one, divorce. This breaks up the family. It causes hurt. It hurts the children. I mean, every one of them wrote that, and and said, you know, this is for for everybody in the everybody in the room. You know, a third of them put down war. A bunch of them put down crime. But everyone who answered put divorce. And our culture knows it. But in Christianity, we're trying
0: to excuse it, embrace it, identify it, and. And we're it's it's tragic. And it comes back to truth. God knew what he was doing in every area. And you mentioned here, you know, you I ask myself often, what is there that somewhere down history they're gonna look back on our era and say, Man, they were way out of bounds here. And I ask myself that personally, you know, you we're so close to it, we can't see it, but we need to keep trying to see it. I look at David and I say, how could he not know that he shouldn't have more than one wife? But someday they're going to look at us and say, how could they not know? And, um, and we need to be at least searching. But um, I hope it created in you a passion for truth. And a hunger, not just to come and hear it, but to get into the Word. And um, it's all we have and all we need. Phil. we we yeah. have to honor the position we have to honor the authority structure you don't honor lying you don't honor um
1: but but it was written it, yeah, that was written about nero i mean it was written about people a heck of a lot worse than any of the leaders we have now and i know we have a tendency to think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well so far yeah
0: <laughs> the best. Let me give you something that will make your life a lot easier and your wife much more enjoyable.
1: Is just don't watch the news. <laughs> I, yeah, I like to just make one last. Yeah. I was thinking, how how am I going to end this? And I thought, I thought, well, you know who who were the most. No, this isn't funny. The uh, uh, who. Uh, who were the all-stars? Who were the ones that stood out in my mind after teaching this? For, and, and of course, you know, Peter Waldo, who started the, the Waldensians, Dotness, the Marshall family, um, you know, jumped to mind of of the of the top of the the Babe Ruths of the of the of the Baptists, and then I realized, I realized that the real star. Of Baptist history. Is the Holy Spirit. And that sounds so. You know. Out there. But. We got this group. And then we got this group. And there's no connection. Except the Holy Spirit. And then we get this group. And there's no connection. Except the Holy Spirit. And then we get this group. And each group. Changes just enough. To really make a difference. In their time. In only a way that God. God. Could, could orchestrate it. and it's the, and again, so sounding really, but I think the hero of Baptist history is the Holy Spirit.
0: and and it, you know the the Holy Spirit is given to glorify Christ. and and when you when you boil it all down, I stand amazed that that God's local churches are still continuing, when you consider how messed up we as human beings are. And it it's the Holy Spirit that has worked in spite of us. I mean... In spite of orange pews. Exactly. <laughs> just, I mean, just in spite of us, our flesh. So, praise God. Let's pray. Lord, we give thanks to You. There's no way that... Um, Any human being or organization could continue the work that you've begun apart from the empowerment of you. And Lord, there's no way we can do what we ought to do apart from your empowerment. So we thank you for the ministry of your Spirit. We're thankful that you have called us by your grace. And what you call us to, you empower us to. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.